Maryland made on three. Maryland made on me. One, two, three. Maryland, Maryland made. Welcome to season two, the fall 2021 edition of the Maryland Made Podcast. The Maryland Made Podcast provides timely, relevant, and practical information to help student athletes and alumni become leaders, develop professional competencies, and be conscientious advocates in both their local and global communities. This season, our guests will include current University of Maryland student athletes, alumni, employers, and community stakeholders, all of whom share the before, between, and beyond elements of their living story. On today's episode, you will meet the Maryland Made team as we take you on a journey of before, between, and beyond Maryland Made. Without further ado, it's time to meet the dream team, starting with our leader, the point guard of our starting five, Risa Lovelace. Well, I've always wanted to be a point guard, so this is great. Um, so Risa Lovelace currently serving as the Assistant Athletic Director for Student Athlete Development here, um, also known as Honcho, because that's what Tim calls me. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, I am a former student athlete where I competed in bowling, which, yes, is a scholarship sport um, at Hampton University, where I started as a walk on um, and then got to be elevated to a full scholarship student athlete. So working in this space, I think I can share the story of some of our student athletes who've gone through that transition. Um, what it means to be a walk-on, what it means to be a full scholarship student athlete, um, and how all of those things are intertwined into identity um, in this space. Um, I received my bachelor's degree from Hampton University um, in sports management, um, and then after that, went on to complete my master's degree at Old Dominion University, again, in sports management. And through my time, um, through my education, I had an opportunity to do multiple internships, um, really starting as an undergrad at Hampton and doing marketing and external stuff um, to taking on a role at Christopher Newport University, which is a division three institution, um, where I really got to be internal facing with the student athletes and doing community engagement and learn like, I love that a lot more than doing the external stuff. Um, and it was great. You know, I also had an opportunity during my graduate school years to do some of the, I guess I would consider behind the scenes graduate assistant work with a professor. So I got to then see the education side of what it takes to be a sports management um, professor. And so I did some research with him. Um, also had an opportunity to oversee their undergraduate internship program that their students had to complete. And then in order to complete my degree, came back up here to the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area where I did an internship with American University. And again, externally facing um, in their marketing, ticketing and corporate partnerships uh, division. Again, not fun for me. Um, I didn't like being at every game. I didn't like really interfacing with fans. Um, it was just a different type of busy that I, I didn't want to do. And so um, as we often talk about networking with folks. I had built a good community um, during my undergraduate and graduate years that offered me an opportunity to come to George Mason University um, a year after I completed my master's degree. Um, my mentor called and said, brand new position. We've not had student athlete development here. I think you'd come in and do a great job. And so um, spent four years there building a program, again, inaugural position for George Mason at that time. And being a unit of one, overseeing almost 600 student athletes, um, you have to build bridges with campus. And so I think later in our story, you'll hear why we're so integrated here into campus. And part of that is it's the beginning of my story and how um, campus partners really help solidify what our student athletes need and what our student athletes should be integrated into. Um, so spending four years there, um, had a great time. But again, we always know there's a ceiling in some of these jobs that we jump into. Um, and so I wanted to, to move and see what that looked like and didn't know that I would be moving 3,000 miles away, um, but headed out to the University of Oregon, where I spent four years. Again, there's a theme here. Um, I like to see my classes graduate. And so um, went there. They had an established student athlete development program, but I really got to lean into, as Tim says, purpose work. Um, and for me, that is centered around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so I got to be a part of their Be Oregon campaign, where we got to partner with Nike because they have Be True. Um, and really thinking about what does this look like at the University of Oregon? If you've never been to the West Coast, um, it is a, a small fraction of the community that is Black. 
Um, and so we needed to look at that um, to the point where the president of the university had called me to ask me to serve on a committee with him, right? And so really getting to dive into the work that I wanted to do that then launched me into having this, the opportunity to kind of go to other universities and look at how I could be of assistance to them in the work that they do, um, which then launched into me creating my own business, um, which is RBL Theory, which is a consultant agency, right? So everything that I do is centered around how do we make spaces inclusive for our students, but also for our staff in the work that we do. And I think that you'll hear that in our story today, um, you know, and what we do here with Maryland Made. Um, so it's, it's always interesting to kind of tell that story and think about the fact that I've been in this industry for almost 12 years um, and, and the lives that I've been able to touch um, and still communicate with a lot of my former students and staff members that I've worked with. Um, you know, you asked why I joined the Maryland team. I think it was the easy build for me. Um, being a resident of College Park, I grew up here as a kid. And so when this position became available, to me, it was a no-brainer to apply to come home and, and really change what was happening here on Maryland's campus. Um, you know, they had a few pieces of student-athlete development here, but there wasn't a real solid story that we could tell. Um, and I think we've been able to do that because Mr. Gossett really believed in, um, you know, how do we create students who can go out into the world and be career ready? Um, and so we'll tell the story of Mr. Gossett um, in a little bit, but, um, you know, without him, I don't know that any of us would truly be here. Um, and then, you know, my favorite part of the role, I think most people would think I'm going to say students, but I'm a pivot and say it's actually my staff. Um, I have the opportunity to work with if you're watching this live on YouTube, you know, these, these faces here, but um, for me, it is a staff. This is my first supervisor role. Um, and so I've been able to lift and build and help staff, you know, get the skills that they need to go into the jobs that they want to pursue, right? Again, I know that this is going to be a revolving door um, for people because you got to come in and get what you got and then move on, right? I want to make sure that I'm creating a pipeline of people that are going to change this world. So that's a little bit about me, why I got here to Maryland and, and why I love the work that I do. And now I'm going to lob it over to Tim, um, you know, because he's our game changer here. So, Tim, tell him about you. Tell him about your story. No, I appreciate it, Hunch. I'm not the game changer. Let me be the mascot or something like that, yo. Like, I don't know if Maryland may, we can put a logo on it, a head, walk one on the mask. We'll figure it out. Uh, for those who know me, uh, Tim Bryson. For those who don't know me, I'm still Tim Bryson. Um, and I'm a Black millennial educator. Um, so what that means to me is that I use uh, my identity um, I use my millennial um, experiences and stories uh, to educate those around me through my mission statement, which so I help all people identify their passion, inspire vision and walk in purpose. Um, I get to do that currently as the program director for student athlete career development, of course, here at University of Maryland, specifically with the Maryland made student athlete development team. Uh, but my story started in Tallahassee, Florida, while I was born on the campus of Florida A&M University. Uh, spent about 18 months there. I know it's a long time, but nevertheless, Leslie said, that's my mama's name, it's time to go to Cincinnati. Uh, so I went moved to Cincinnati as a young child, an infant really, and spent the next 18 years of my life um, growing up in the Midwest. Uh, did public school, uh, high school, went to a private all-male Catholic Jesuit high school, which is important for me to note, uh, because at that point in time, I really uh, found out what it mean, meant to be Black in America, and particularly Black in education. Uh, my experience at St. X uh, was dope, ran, excuse me, played soccer for two years, and then got cut my junior year, was introduced me to track and field, uh, to where I then ran at Coastal Carolina University down in Conway, South Carolina. Uh, similar to Huncho, I was a walk-on student athlete, but did not earn a scholarship uh, because, uh, as I say to all people most recently, I'm an 18-year-old um, going to college next to Myrtle Beach. It's not a good idea. Um, had a lot of fun, but my grades were cool, but it wasn't a good idea, so I decided to transfer to the University of South Carolina to pursue my bachelor's in athletic training. Um, it was a tough decision, making a decision to uh, stop running track, uh, but I knew at some point it would end. Um, but I also had the encouragement from my mom to really um, you know, dive deeper into who I was as a person. Um, but during my experience in South Carolina, I joined a fraternity, shout out to Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Um, got involved, immediately involved in campus recreation as an intramural um, soccer referee. Uh, but my experience as an athletic training student, uh, particularly with sports like football, women's basketball, uh, Benedict College football team, a lot of the athletes were asking, yo, like, when's the next party? <laughs> How can I join Greek life? When's the next cookout? And for a minute, I'm like, yo, like, y'all play in front of thousands of people, but you're asking what the move is on the weekend. And that just didn't sit right uh, with me. I was like, something's not, something's not here. Um, 
it was in those moments and in those conversations that I realized that student athletes, you know, college athletes wanted an experience that I had in, in student affairs. And I wanted to figure out how I could create an environment in athletics that mirrored what I had, you know, through fraternity and sorority life, through campus recreation, et cetera. Um, as this was happening, uh, one of the, um, my former teammates from Coastal was also graduating from college. Um, asked him what he wanted, to, what he was doing after, and he said he didn't know. Asked if he got a resume, he said no. And I said to myself, how can you go four years without having a resume after attending a college or university, particularly as a Division I athlete who had become a record holder at his institution? Nevertheless, I went to The Ohio State University, um, OH. I know Sophia's going to talk in a minute. Uh, we don't recognize the other school up north. But nevertheless, went to Ohio State, uh, earned my master's in higher ed student affairs, dope experience. People are asking, you know, choose between student affairs, choose between college sport. And I said, why not both? Um, so was introduced to the NCA postgraduate internship program uh, from a friend I went to undergrad with. Um, and I said, yo, this, this is pretty dope. Uh, so I applied, earned the position, started in June 2018, and got to work with the leadership development team um, who really uh, do a lot of uh, fundamental but also foundational work to help elevate coaches, administrators, and student athletes to new positions, to higher elevated positions. I was there for, damn, like three months, three, six, three to six months uh, before well, I met Risa six months into my internship um, before this job at Maryland opened up. Applied, earned the position, and I've been here since uh, January 2019. Joined the team because of an opportunity to create. Um, anyone that knows me and or has seen my, um, you know, my assessments from like StrengthsFinder, DISC, whatever, I'm a very futuristic type thinker. Uh, futuristic ideation, strategic. I mean, that's how I think. Uh, it's an opportunity to build a program from scratch you know, with a whiteboard and a dry erase marker and say, yo, let's figure this out. Uh, and we've been able to do that. Um, and so I'll talk about career readiness in a minute, but there's nothing across the country, let alone world, that mirrors and or comes close to what we're doing with Maryland Made. And I'm very emphatic about that. Um, favorite part about the role is definitely the students. Um, for sure, I have fun. Y'all see TikToks with Tim on Twitter um, and Instagram. Um, but again, career readiness is fun. I love what I do. And in addition to being uh, the program director, I'm also a PhD student in the College of Education, a podcast host and founder and president of Walk With TFB LLC. And um, the maestro, 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 conductor, I don't know, somebody help me out, of the IPA way, the curator of the IPA way, uh, which we'll talk more about, I'm sure, on a future, uh, future podcast episode. Um, but thank you all for listening to me share part of my story. I'm going to pass it to our executive producer, Walt with one L, Walter with one L, excuse me, to share more about his story as well. LPJ. LPJ. <laughs> Appreciate it, Tom. Uh, Walt Pegues, Big Ten Diversity Fellow here at University of Maryland. Uh, started July 1st, so almost coming up on two months, which is crazy to think about. Summer flew by, but been enjoying my time here so far. Uh, originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Uh, lived in Philly my entire life until um, 18 when I went away to college. Undergraduate uh, school, Indiana University of Pennsylvania and Western PA, where I played college football. Um, on a, I was on a full academic scholarship. And then football, I guess, helped me out covering like other expenses as far as like housing and, and food as well. But played football for four years at IUP, um, had a pretty good career there, but um, really, really enjoyed the opportunity to be a leader across campus um, and connecting with other organizations. Um, so did that for four years and then returned home to Philadelphia for one year where I coached college football at Chestnut Hill College uh, after I graduated with my bachelor's in communication media, but also taught middle school science. Um, which was had no teaching background, um, did that for a year teaching sixth, seventh, eighth grade science and learned a lot. I grew up a lot at, at 22, um, but I, I kind of knew I, I didn't think that being in a classroom was kind of for me. Um, so it led me to pursuing uh, graduate school. And that's where I went to James Madison University, got my master's in sport and recreation leadership. So that's where I was the last two years. Um, had, a, had a pretty good experience at JMU despite COVID, uh, which kind of heavily impacted my master's uh, experience, um, but um, I'm still able to get involved in my department, the sport leadership department, as well as working with the student athlete leadership team at JMU, along with being a character coach, kind of thrown into the fire again, being a character coach of the JMU football team. Again, no experience with that, um, but kind of, you know, helped me grow pretty quickly and uh, being far away from home as well, um, just kind of being out there on my own, but um, have a great passion for uh, urban education. Um, just in my experience as growing up in Philadelphia, going to different types of schools, um, but also teaching middle school. Um, so urban education has a, has a place in my heart, but also I've, I've been an athlete my entire life. I'm a student athlete uh, at the collegiate level playing Division II football. Uh, I see a lot of guys, like Tim was kind of talking about, you know, guys wanting to go to parties and just a lot of stuff like that. And I played with a lot of guys that were at IUP four or five years, didn't graduate with a degree, 
it's nothing to show uh, from playing those four years, five years. Um, so, uh, you know, really piqued my interest. i um, been doing a lot of research, uh, doing some consultant work with IUP and other like smaller schools, division two schools. Like how can we better prepare our student athletes to be successful beyond college, right? So that's kind of what led me to learning more about the student athlete development field. Big reason why I joined University of Maryland as a former student athlete myself, just reading kind of Maryland made program. It's like, wow, like this is what we're missing. Um, so, I mean, it was just a great opportunity for me to learn and grow as a young professional in athletic administration, but in terms of student athlete development, where I feel like you're kind of on the ground doing the, doing the hard, doing the hard work. Right. So that's kind of what drew me to University of Maryland. Um, as Tim said, I don't think anyone in the country is doing what Maryland made is doing um, the innovation here. Um, just kind of the care that I see from recent Tim and to, to kind of serve the student athletes motivated me to want to apply for this role and, um, and be a part of this team. So that's why I joined the team. Um, favorite part of the role, um, I think just kind of being a Big Ten diversity fellow, uh, you know, kind of just the opportunity to grow. Um, I think for me, just kind of figuring out what I want to do um, in my career, as well as Tim and Risa doing some stuff like outside of University of Maryland is important to me. Um, so I have my own podcast, Two for Two podcast, a sports and culture podcast. Um, I also started a nonprofit organization with some college and high school teammates uh, where we give back to inner city youth in Philadelphia and South Jersey, um, do workshops, we do mentorship. Um, so just things like that, you know, being able to be myself, but being able to, to teach and grow um, is, is very, you know, very important to me. And as a young professional, I just, you know, definitely embrace that opportunity. And University of Maryland, I feel like, will allow me to do that, um, continue to learn and grow about myself, but also build skills um, that I can take with me forever. And then, of course, interacting with student athletes. Um, I feel like this role allows me to really do that. Um, I'll be overseeing a mentor program here, where I'll talk about later. Um, I'll be on a Maryland Made podcast as well. So um, just an opportunity to do a little bit of everything. So I will be passing over to Sydney. Hi, everybody. So I'm Sydney Strong. I am currently 16 hours away from home. A little homesick, just a little bit. Um, I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri. Got my grad undergraduate degree at the University of Central Missouri. Oof, that was only 45 minutes away. So I didn't go that far away from home. However, I did have a job in athletics. I was a ticket operations assistant uh, and game days and helped with game day events, which drew my passion for wanting to work in events. So after I graduated, I applied and loved working for the Kansas City Urban Youth Academy, where I put on community events, worked uh, softball, baseball, and volunteered for something that we have here called Team Impact. I was able to put on a event like that as well, uh, which kind of really interested me in this, this type of job. And then after that job, I also worked for the NAI Eligibility Center, where I had the opportunity to work with student athletes. And that's when I knew I needed to work in an institution. I didn't know where. I didn't know when. However, I ended up here in Maryland. And I've only been working here for not even a month yet. It feels like I've been here for about three to four months. However, I'm loving my time here. I'm loving the people. And uh, I'll just tell you a little about my role. It's to really create a system uh, that organizes the various ways that people can conduct uh, service in the community that they live in. So a lot of athletes will have the opportunity to work in the community. And my job is to connect with different community partners and ensure that we also, you know, give back in the community that we live in. Because although like they'll come and support at like their events, it's also a way that the athletes can give back to those community partners um, as well. And why, um, why Maryland? So as you can see, I have one this blue hoodie that says strong. I am a part of an organization located in Kansas City, Missouri uh, called Women Leaders in College Sports. This opportunity changed my life. 
And that's how I got connected to my boss, the point guard. She kind of, you know, passed the ball to me. And uh, that's how I ended up here in Maryland, made a connection, and here I am. So this is the avenue of events and giving back that I've always loved uh, from growing up. I also was an athlete. I wasn't a student athlete, but I was an athlete. And um, I'm just excited to create memorable experiences, leave an impact, and serve the community that I now live in. So I'm going to do a crossover, dribble a couple times. I'm going to pass it to the post, to Sophia. Thank you, Sydney. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Sophia, um, but most people, I feel like, call me Soph. I don't feel like most people in my life call me Sophia. Um, but I'm originally, well, I was born in Philadelphia, also like Walt, but I call Atlanta home. That's where I spent the most formative years of my life. Did spend a lot of time moving around as a young child, lived in Philly, New Jersey, D.C., but really grew up in Atlanta, and that's really where I do call home. Um, but went to undergrad at the University of Michigan. Um, go blue, Tim. I'm just going to say that. He's going to roast me about it, but it's fine. We're going to win this year. Um, so went to undergrad at the University of Michigan, which really was a family school for me. My grandfather um, went and my great uncle went to University of Michigan. But I grew up playing competitive travel softball and basketball. Um, so really sports have kind of been a part of my life. So really wanted to go to a big school that had a, a lot of sports, um, but didn't necessarily want to play sports in college. So um, it really felt like growing up playing softball every weekend, practice multiple times a week. Really, that became my family. My team was my family. I grew up an only child. So really, my teammates were my sisters. Um, and so really just got a lot out of my experience of playing sports and knew that that was a really formative part of becoming who I was. So wanted to go to the University of Michigan, family school, um, enrolled in the School of Kinesiology because I wanted a major that focused on sports. Um, tried probably every single concentration within the School of Kinesiology. Also started in athletic training like Tim, um, but transitioned over eventually to a degree that combined movement science and sport management. Um, and there was like, okay, I'm going to be a sports nutritionist. Like I, you know, think that would be such a cool job. I interned with the University of Michigan football team um, for three, two years when I was an undergrad. And that really is an experience I feel like that did change my life. Um, I had this really amazing mentor while I was working there who was the director of sports nutrition. Um, her name is Sarah Snyder and is one of my lifelong mentors and really showed me what it was like to be a woman in sports. Um, she really, you know, created that passion for me for working with student athletes and um, being able to create experiences for them that empower them to be decision makers in their life and really just become like a personal coach and mentor for them as well. Um, while in undergrad, I was also really involved just in student life in general. I was on student government, so really got a lot of interaction with administrators on campus. I was very involved in my Panhellenic sorority organization. I served as chapter president as a 19-year-old, which was a horrible decision, a lot of stress and not a lot of sleep, but really is actually something that I feel like changed my life as well. Um, and then just was really involved on campus across a bunch of different student organizations and really just got the experience of what it was like to be a college student. Michigan was obviously far from home, had a pretty rough transition freshman year, really trying to find my place on campus, but getting involved in all these organizations um, and really trying to build relationships across campus was really what kept me um, on campus. Um, and so remember having this one conversation with the Dean of Students at the University of Michigan asking her about her job and what she did. And I was like, wow, I would love to do this too. Like, I think the college student experience is so unique. It's so special. It really has the power to either change their life for the better or also negatively set them off on the wrong path and, you know, not lead them to success once they graduate, if they do graduate. So after graduating from Michigan, served as a traveling consultant for my story's headquarters for two years, which was the best job that a 22-year-old could have. I was on airplane every five days, visited over 50 different college campuses, 
worked with student leaders across the United States and Canada because yes, there are sororities in Canada as well. Um, so really got to just see lots of parts of the US that I would never have gotten to see before, got to build relationships all across the country, which I really do feel like is the driving factor of what I do and what I believe in is relationships. Um, that is, if any of you care about Enneagram, I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. It's the person who really is going to always put other people first and really value other people and relationships with other people. And so I feel like that's really been the driving factor. And that's why I loved my experience traveling as a consultant, because I really just got to help young women become leaders, um, go through different experiences to help them develop, develop in their identity, develop in how they saw themselves, the impact they could have on their communities and their campuses. And I was like, great, I'm going to do higher ed forever. This is amazing. Um, applied for higher ed master's programs and got my master's in higher education at Harvard University in Cambridge and was truly a very transformational experience there. Um, even though I had been working in fraternity story life for the last two years, I like knew that I still wanted to keep sports as part of my life and discovered the field of student athlete development through just random research, honestly, and getting connected with people in the field. And really was that was what I was going to focus my master's program on. So you know, my master's in higher education, unfortunately got cut sh short due to the COVID-19 pandemic, had to do the last part of it online. But really my experiences at Harvard was amazing. My cohort were people who come from all different perspectives within higher education. Um, so college admissions counselors, people working with high school students who don't usually go to college, um, people working for turning story life, people wanting to work in athletics, people wanting to work with first generation students and really was a great experience in the classroom, just learning from my peers and people who really were going to go out and change the world of higher education and think about who are the people that are in the classroom and then who are the people who aren't and how are we creating spaces that give more access to people who aren't sitting here in the classroom. Um, so truly great experience. After that, got my um, first job in student athlete development working at the University of South Florida, which was a great experience to really just dive into student athlete development work in career development, leadership advancement, personal enhancement, community engagement, had some really amazing female mentors um, at USF as well, which um, like Sydney mentioned, I'm also part of women leaders in college sports. So that's kind of a common theme in my life as well is just having strong women role models and mentors, um, especially in the sports field. So, and then now here, University of Maryland kind of is where my path brings me. So just kind of all of those common threads, I feel like all made sense up to this point, even though at the time they didn't make sense. Um, but now it does. It's one of those things where you look back and you realize, okay, like I was being prepared for whatever came next. Um, so my role here at UMD, very new to it, um, but I'm the coordinator for program and curriculum design. Why did I join this team? I mean, this team just speaks for itself with how creative and innovative it is, um, how well known it is across the field of student athlete development. The stuff that they do is groundbreaking. It's new. And that's just something I really want to be a part of. Um, I, you know, Tim brought his strengths quest. So I'm going to bring in mine. My first one is achiever. And so I'm somebody who like wants to go out and accomplish a task and make sure that other people around me are also feel like they're achieving their goals. So I feel like that's something that also drives what I do. Um, so my favorite part of the team, again, super new, but I feel like my favorite part is really going to be the opportunity, which I'll talk about later, to create something new and leave a legacy on this campus that students can really feel like they had a huge part in that really transformed their college experience. Um, and just the opportunity to build relationships. Like I mentioned, relationship building is one of my key values and passions. So being able to help other people. Um, and really make sure they feel seen and heard and valued and that they have a seat at the table is really important to me. And so I think, you know, being able to do that in my role is what I'm most looking forward to. I'll pass it back over to Walt to finish this out. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And as Risa says, our team is stacked, as y'all see. Um, but now that you know a little bit about us, the team, it's time to dive into the Maryland Maid story. So Risa and Tim, how did this all begin? Well, we got to start at the beginning and the beginning is Mr. Gossett right like the goat of all goats um I think you know if you are a student here at the University of Maryland if you live in the state of Maryland um Barry and Mary Gossett's name is everywhere right like these are people who um really believe in this community and really believe in building foundations for people to achieve what whatever their passion is right 
Um, and so I'll just give you a brief uh, background of Mr. Gossett. Um, but he is a graduate of the University of Maryland. He did go on to serve as chairman and CEO of two different mobile building and supply companies. Um, he does sit on numerous boards here in the state of Maryland, um, one of which is the Board of Regents here at the University of Maryland system, and then one is also the University of Maryland medical system. Um, so that's a, a little bit of his story. Um, I do think at some point we might have him come on here and tell his story and why he continues to be such a huge advocate of students and student athletes um, within this state. Um, but in early 2018, Mr. Gossett and Mrs. Gossett gave a gift of $21.25 million um, to the athletic department. And really the purpose behind that was to create a system that created lifelong learners um, for our student athletes, um, but also a system that helped prepare them, you know, for whatever their passion is after they graduate, um, whether that is going pro in their sport or going into the community to change lives or starting their own business, right? Like he just wanted them to have a solid foundation which they can stand on when they graduate. Um, and from that, I had an opportunity to get some additional positions that weren't here previously, um, which is how my position got created, which is how Tim's position got created. So I was hired in the fall of 2018, um, I met Tim probably during that summer of transition that nobody really knew was happening. And he had reached out and said, hey, there's these two positions open. I know you were in one. I know you're potentially headed to one. Um, and, and luckily, I say luckily because he could have gone either way. Um, he decided to join us. And so he came in in January 2019. Um, and really from there, we kind of just hit the ground running. Um, but even before that, when he signed on the dotted line, I said, Tim, we need a name. I don't want to be just student athlete development, um, you know, because every institution I feel like has a brand. Right. And so what was that brand going to be for us? And so he was like, let me think about it. And that's where Maryland Made came from. Tim, I don't know if you want to tell how you got to that point, but um, yeah, I mean, that's where we landed. I mean, we know brand is important, storytelling even more so. And so um, there have been a couple of schools that recently developed like new programming and simply Baylor. Uh, so Baylor had just established Baylor Built. And I'm like, OK, I like the alliteration, the bees. So Maryland, Maryland Made just came to me. Could have been Maryland Manifestation, Maryland Meditation, but I'll pass it back over to you to talk, continue the story. Um, and so, you know, once I got here, I think one of my first goals was like, let's go talk to the coaches, right? I need to hear about what their experience was like with the student athlete development program before we got here. Um, and then when Tim joined us in January, we continued that um, that outreach to see what the coaches um, thought and felt in terms of, you know, where student athlete development had been, where they would like to see it go, um, and how we could collaborate and be partners together and making sure our students are prepared beyond sport. Um, one of the other things we decided to do was also bring students into this. And I think it's important for students to have a part of the conversation because if they're building it, they're going to come, right? Like we can build all day what we think they need, but it may not be what they need or what they want in this moment. And I thought Tim did a really great job of doing some focus groups with the students um, when he jumped in. And I think that's, again, the relationship building with the students early on that really helped us start to think about what this program looked like. Um, and so I'll, I'll give it back to Tim to talk about some of those conversations we had early on with the students and the coaches. Yeah, most definitely. So I got hired in January. Uh, my first day was January 2nd. Um, the SAC meeting in February 2019 um had the whole I think the whole meeting and I was like yo I'm new I don't know y'all y'all don't know me we're gonna figure this out together um and so for those who are watching uh, you'll, you'll see it in the background for those who aren't probably log off and open up the YouTube channel um but I still had the posters in my office from the conversations we had on that day um and so you see things like mentorship social media internship experiences employer host sites like those are all things they said they wanted so I said, let's go get it. Um, and so um, the first summer we had, I think, 13 interns in our internship academy um, continued to grow, not just internally, but also externally across the entire country. And um, I think our next step is definitely the world, um, but definitely meeting with SAC. Um, and, and I think that those meetings with SAC have definitely helped to introduce and open up other avenues uh, for engagement, for involvement and for leadership uh, for all of our student athletes in Maryland. Yeah. And just, you know, one thing you'll hear from even today when we move on to the next section is like, how do we come up with our pillars? I remember when we first got here, you know, we threw a lot of things at the wall. Some things stuck, some things didn't stick. And I think that's a part of evolution that everybody should be going through, right? I mean, we, we started this journey, 
we have six pillars. We learned really quickly. We can't cover six different things with, at that point, a three-person shop, right? Um, we had different interns at that time who had a little skill set in this space. Um, and over time, we've been able to grow um, our interns and the work that they've been doing. Um, but we've kind of narrowed down our focus. And part of that is again, communicating with the students, again, talking to coaches, but also looking beyond just what people are doing in athletics. I think one of the biggest things that, you know, I appreciate about how we built Tim's position is he's directly connected to the career center. Um, and so when you have direct connections to um, campus resources, it, it helps us send students to campus, but it also helps us become a better part of campus. And so I think we've started to do that um, with everybody's position that's been created or, you know, some of the intern roles that we have is making sure we're on campus committees. Um, I know Walt serves, you know, with our sexual assault prevention education. Sydney's working with the Office of Community Engagement. Sophia will be working with um, a group that's doing first generation work, right? So like, we're looking at the student athlete beyond just that athlete piece of them. Um, and, and I think that's, again, continues to be um, what helps us guide our conversations um, in the work that we do. Um, but I, I want to pivot because I think, you know, a part of our story is telling what we do. Um, and so I want Tim to really give us the insight on what career readiness looks like for us as a pillar um, here, a part of the Maryland Made team. Yeah, most definitely. And so um, for those who don't know, NACE, which is the National Association for Colleges and Employers, have outlined eight different competencies um, that say that if a student can attain and demonstrate these prior to graduation, they'll have a successful, air quotes, transition into the workforce. Uh, we've taken that, put air quotes, because successful is arbitrary, but we'll go there in a different episode. Nevertheless, um, we took that and really uh, refined that to really focus on learning. Um, and so how uh, we talk about career readiness is being able to take ownership of your learning, your own learning, and your evolving pursuit goals, understanding that evolving means it's going to change, going to grow, it's going to be refined, um, et cetera. Um, and so we do that through a number of different ways. And I'll talk particularly about um, two signature programs and then a series, if you will. Um, and first is our career readiness series. Um, and so we started this, I think, probably, probably more formally this past um, summer, summer 2021. Um, and every single week for eight weeks, we had a different topic that we covered, either related to the career readiness series and or feedback that the student interns in this internship academy has said they wanted to gain experience in. Um, all of our programs, both in the Career Readiness Series and the Maryland Made Program, are open to all students, um, not just student athletes. Um, so that's another, you know, um, selling point of our programming. But nevertheless, um, seeing some uh, some great engagement in those programs, it's an opportunity for students to engage in both synchronous and asynchronous work uh, to continue to refine um, areas of opportunity for growth that they've identified within themselves. Um, the two signature programs I want to highlight is first our Internship Academy. Um, this just completed. We just completed the fifth or sixth year of this program this past summer. Um, it's an eight-week paid internship program where student athletes gain meaningful work experience in the career industry of their choosing, uh, which is dope again as well. Uh, internship experiences are centered in both the athletic department at Maryland, but also employers and host sites um, across the country, whether that's in sport or not. Um, this past summer, we had 20 interns who uh, decided to apply, well, they applied and earned a spot in the program. Um, in addition to working 20 hours a week around their athletic and academic schedule, they engage in weekly reflections, they engage in um, conducting informational interviews with at least two um, professionals in their field of interest. And they also complete a team group project, a team capstone project that they, that they present to the employers and all stakeholders that were involved in that, um, that process. Dope experience, uh, as we learned this summer, um, there are definitely a few internship programs across the country, uh, paid and unpaid, but none are doing what Maryland Maine is doing. And I'll continue to say that, uh, not in a cocky way, but saying that we're very proud of the work that we're doing and we'll continue to do um, in College Park. Um, the second signature program that I want to highlight is the Gossett Fellows Program. Uh, so this program, again, stemmed from the gift uh, that both uh, Barry and Mary gave uh, a couple years ago. And this program is for upperclassmen, particularly rising juniors with at least, rising third years with at least three semesters of coursework remaining, where they engage in programming once a month um, synchronously. Uh, there's also asynchronous work that they'll complete on top of that. Um, but we talk about, again, different things, career readiness, which is important, but also this transition out of college, right, and, and after competition. Uh, so friendships, how are you developing friendships when you graduate? Nutrition, uh, we'll begin to talk about like real estate and, and um, home ownership, right? Like re really beginning to expand the programming outside of just um, the college environment. Uh, we meet for once, a, we meet six times a year, uh, no more than 90 minutes each meeting. Their last semester, they completed a capstone project as well, uh, presented to both Barry, uh, but also again, all stakeholders involved in the process. 
And then after they graduate, they earn $1,500. Yes, one five zero zero US American dollars to use towards their uh, postgraduate transition. If they want to use it for LSAT, MCAT prep, dope. If you want to use it for your first month rent, especially in DC, <laughs> dope. If you want to travel the world and go to Australia and book pack, even better, right? But whatever you decide you want to use it for, you get to use that $1,500 because you earned it by being engaged in the program. And again, no one's doing this. We're continuing to refine and get better at how we uh, operate this program, but I'm very proud of the work we're doing through Gossett, through Internship Academy, um, and definitely our career readiness series. Um, so that's career readiness as a, a macro level. Um, and I want to pass it back to Risa to talk more about our leadership education programming as well. And so one thing I think you'll hear through this story today is that all of our stuff is intertwined, right? So when I pass the mic back to Walt, you'll hear about the mentor program and how that connects to some of the career readiness pieces. Um, and everything, again, is kind of built around the identity of the student, um, which really lent into how I wanted to create our leadership academy. Um, it was something that, you know, I had seen a couple of universities do across the country, um, but here at University of Maryland, our leadership office on campus um, is probably well known across the country. And so to not have a leadership academy for student athletes when we have such prominent figures here on campus just didn't make sense to me. And so I had an opportunity to have some early conversations with that department about what leadership looked like. Um, in terms of the programming they were doing for students across campus and, and how we could really look at what that looked like for student athletes. Um, and so again, in this co-construction of how we do our programming, I uh, had a survey that was sent out to coaches and student athletes. Um, and it was very interesting to look at the data on the back end and see that there were five points of alignment between what coaches thought students needed and what students thought they needed. And so through that, we created a five-week course um, for the spring semester that our student athletes could jump into. And it's really about exploring what leadership look, each leadership style. It's about looking at leadership from a global perspective um, and looking at, you know, just because you may be a freshman doesn't mean you can't lead, right? So like there's a lot of points that our students can cover in those programs. And so we started it in the spring of 2020. Um, we had just wrapped it up as COVID was kicking, kicking off. Um, and, and the first year was you know, phenomenal. We did every presentation that happened um, was from somebody from campus. Um, we had some PhD students jump in. We had one of my favorite folks, Monette Bailey, jump in and she did strengths with the students. Um, and again, if you walk around the Xfinity Center, you'll at least see within the academic suite and student athlete development suite, all of us as staff have our strengths outside our door. So again, trying to create cyclical language for our students, they can see it reflected back into the people that they work with daily. Um, we talked about what leadership looks like from a global perspective. Um, so it was really kind of just interesting to see our students jump in. Um, and again, application-based programming. So it wasn't we had to go find students that wanted to do this. These were students who wanted to jump into the program. And then thinking about how we transitioned it through COVID, again, I was a little nervous because we knew that our spring semester was going to be packed. Almost every sport minus football played this past spring, and we still have 15 students show up into this academy. Um, and so I think that speaks to the level of um, just our student engagement, but also our students understanding that they want to be leaders, whether that's here during their time at Maryland um, or, you know, after they graduate. But what I'll also add is, yes, we do. We also oversee SAC, which is the leadership group um, from a Maryland Athletics Department, Big Ten um, and national perspective. Uh, but we've also, again, intertwined career readiness into leadership. And so we've been able to build um, two groups, one for our pre-health church students, which students who are focused in pre-health careers, they now have their own leadership group and they've defined what leadership looks like for them. We've created the Worldwide Terps, which is our international student athlete. So again, leadership looks different than just that. And I think we gotta get other student athlete development departments to think about how do we continue to create um, avenues of leadership for our student athletes beyond just that. So I say I'm proud of the work that we've been able to do in that space. Um, and speaking of identity, especially with our international students, um, I wanna pass it over to Walt and Sophia to talk about um, some of the ways we continue to build identity development for our students um, post-career and leadership education. Sure. And like Risa said, uh, a lot of our program, I feel like, overlaps and, you know, gives our student athletes uh, a great opportunity to do a little bit of everything. Um, and as far as our identity development, 
uh, programs, right? We have the Maryland Made Mentor Program um, where um, Tim talked about GASA Fellows. GASA Fellows participate in this program, um, but it's also available to all student athletes at University of Maryland. Um, and the Maryland Made Mentor Program, this will be year two that I'll be taking over. Shout out to Megan, um, who was the Big Ten Fellow before me. Um, she did a great job in year one. And like Risa just said, during COVID, um, was able to have 40 student athletes participate in a mentor program, uh, which is a great opportunity to get some insight from an industry professional and a career that our student athletes may be interested in. Also gives us a great opportunity to connect with alumni from University of Maryland and just supporters of the University of Maryland who wanna give back, right? So I think it's important that we reach out and have the opportunity to reach out to alumni that may wanna serve in other ways than just giving money, but they wanna be able to invest in given to the student athletes that were once that they were once in the shoes of. So I think the Maryland Made Mentor Program is a great opportunity for student athletes to learn and, and grow more about their themselves, but also learn, you know, what career they may look into. Um, so if you go through the Maryland Made Mentor Program and you say, hey, this is maybe a field for, for me, maybe they'll uh, be more likely to go through the internship. Um, so I think the Maryland Made Mentor Program is a great way to um, get into our programming here at University of Maryland. Um, and really, you know, build the identity of, of the student athletes. Also, um, something else is this platform right here that we have, the Maryland Maiden Podcast, which also is year two. I'm excited about this, but gives student athletes an opportunity to learn from people from all different fields and all different, you know, interests. So this this season alone will bring on um, employers from all different fields, and we got a we got a nice lineup ahead for y'all. I'm just putting that out there, but we also some campus partners, um, every campus stakeholders, people that are invested in our student athletes. So it'll be a great opportunity for student athletes to connect with them. But we'll also bring on some student athletes on this podcast who will kind of share their story and share how Maryland Mead has supported them um, and kind of, you know, what our, our services have, have offered them. But also we'll bring on some University of Maryland alumni. Um, I think it, it's a great opportunity for student athletes to learn from people that were once in their shoes. Um, so we have a lot in store uh, in terms of the Maryland Mead podcast and also the mentor program. I'm, I'm excited to kind of see the growth um, in, in year two of each of these. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it over to Sophia, who's uh, cooking up something uh, even even more nice for, for our program. Thanks, Walt. Um, so one thing that I'm really excited about that my position will get to do this year is really create a new program for our sophomore student athletes. So um, it will be or is called the QBasic First Impact um, Opportunity Program. So really an opportunity for sophomore student athletes to go through programming to really assist them with some major selection, career exploration through just really experiential education and really just the opportunity to build them their skills and understand who they are. Oftentimes, like if you look at the higher ed experience, we, there's a lot of support given to freshmen as they're transitioning into college, helping them figure out how to navigate being on a campus, all those kinds of things. Then juniors and seniors get a lot of support and guidance in terms of being ready to either graduate, get jobs, internships, but then like really what's happening with the sophomores. So something that you can just kind of see in all areas of higher ed programming and development. So really excited to give these um, second year students an opportunity to really grow in their skills, feel empowered to be decision makers in their future and their path while they're on campus. Um, so really excited for that. It's, you know, going to be a great opportunity to create something new, uh, have an opportunity for student athletes to really be involved in that process of designing a program that they really get to create an impact and leave a legacy with something that can help um, their peers for years to come. So super excited for that. It's going to be a really cool opportunity. So um, we're going to see where it takes us. It's going to be a, a fun ride. So um, yeah, I'll pass it back over to Walt, to, um, who I think is going to pass over to Sydney. Thanks, Sophia. Uh, in addition to our pillars of career readiness, leadership, education, and identity development, um, at the forefront of our unit is making sure the student athletes' voice is heard uh, when it comes to establishing our programs, but even adding to the Maryland Made team. Um, so, Sydney, our community engagement intern. Um, so, Sydney, how does this role ref uh, uh, reflect this? So, my role reflects this as my other teammates have uh, mentioned the Gazette fellows program without that program I wouldn't be here so thanks to the two uh fellows of 2021 Grace Griffin and Brooke DeBurndine uh for having a phenomenal capstone project and they needed uh my position so community engagement where I go and get 
the staff and student athletes involved with community partners on campus and off campus. And just to show that appreciation, you know, of giving back and the importance of giving back in your community, whether it's making a small impact or a big impact. And so I work with the Cheryl, the share um, and student athlete advisory committee or for short SAC uh, to ensure that we get the athletes involved on campus and off campus. So look out for that this school year as well. I have some things uh, in store for you all. And then I also work with OCE, the Office of Community Engagement. And we have some things as well. And their uh, main focus on campus is to get the non-student athletes involved. And we're working together to bring everybody together. And then the other partner uh, off campus that I work with that a lot of people are familiar with is Team Impact. And so everyone knows uh, that they just signed a football, a new football teammate. And uh, upcoming, there will be some other new teammates uh, assigned to different um, different sports. And just keep a lookout on the different things that I will be doing with Team Impact as well, because we have a lot that will be in store. So I'm going to pass it over back to Walt. Yeah, and like y'all see, we have a lot going on. Um, shout out to Risa and Tim for, for telling us the, the story of before. Um, and then that was just a little bit of, you know, between and what's been going on at Maryland Made, you know, since Risa and Tim have, have been here. Um, so now uh, I think Sophia and Tim both said, you know, they're achievers and, and dreamers. And um, I think this this next part is, is very exciting and kind of what we're looking to do beyond. So looking at this year, you know, some of our goals and just the future of Maryland Made. And I'll kick things off to our hand things off to Sydney and Sophia, uh, who are both uh, have the unique opportunity of being the first person to wear the shoes um, and, and their respective positions. So, um, Sophia, I'll start with you. Uh, what are some goals you hope to achieve this year? I think my goals really are to be what do the students want and need out of this experience. So I think that it's really easy as professionals. I think Risa mentioned this earlier to you know, have ideas of what we think students need or what we think the experience should look like. But oftentimes, the, the students that we're trying to serve are the ones who really do know best. So I think for a goal for me is really being able to center the student voice in the creation of this program and really being able to say like, okay, what was your experience as a second year student? If you're no longer one, if you are a second year student right now, like what do you need? What do you wish that you had kind of, you know, what Tim did with the creation of his programming. So that's a goal for me. And then I also think my second goal really just be being flexible with our programming, realizing that we're going to try something and it might not work and that's okay because we can come back and we can revisit and we can readjust. We might do something and it's a slam dunk, just kind of going with the basketball, you know, motifs here. Um, and we can just keep going with that and rolling with that. But knowing that, you know, generations change, society changes, things that are happening in our world are changing and that impacts our students and their experience. So being able to be flexible and understanding we need to flex and change things at times to really fit the student experience. Um, understanding that students who are coming into college right now are having a way different experience than probably any of us had when we went to college way different than the experience that students were having when they came to college pre-COVID, um, pre-social justice movements in this country over the last, you know, year and a half. So I think for me, it's just really a goal of being flexible and really flexing to the student experience and the student voice to make sure that we're creating a programming that works for them and fits for them um, so that it can have the intended outcome and impact that we want it to. Over to you, okay. Sydney. <laughs> All right. I, I was waiting on you to, to pass it off. Um, so... I'm just excited for the impact, 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 impact. That's all you keep hearing. And that is my biggest goal is to leave an impact. And that is just the best thing I feel that anybody can take with them, uh, even, even now. So looking back come January, I want to reflect back, okay, in October, in September, in November, did I leave an impact? Was that event? phenomenal and did I leave an impact so the person next can realize like this wasn't a position this is what she did this is so that, like I'm leaving a game plan and I just want to make sure that that game plan whether it's meeting with different community 
partners that they that the university hasn't met with before. Just building these relationships and community partners and connecting with different colleagues in different departments, just making sure we get the word out for different uh, different events. So like for Team Impact, when they already put out about the new teammate Cal uh, for uh, becoming a new, a new football player, like that's phenomenal. So just making sure and getting that word, the word out. Um, and then the other thing is student athletes. So like Sophia mentioned, the world is changing. There's so much going on, especially like with the pandemic. There are so many people that need that need help and that don't really want to ask for help. And so being able to leave that impact and giving the athletes something else that they can look forward to other than, you know, their sport or, you know, going to class. This is just another like part of extracurricular that they can participate in and uh, give them, you know, some free wiggle room and see who they can impact, you know, in the Maryland community and just be phenomenal. That That's it, just be phenomenal and leave a good impact for this school year. I'll pass it back over to Walt. No doubt, no doubt. Definitely second everything, you know, both of you both said um, those are definitely great goals and looking forward to working with y'all this year and, you know, continuing to build this, um, this great team. So Risa, uh, we covered, you know, the, some of the pillars, some of the programs and you had the unique, you know, seat of being the OG of the crew. Um, so uh, what are some things that you are still, you know, excited about, um, I guess, looking at this school year that you're most excited about accomplishing? Well, I'll just start by saying we've already accomplished something, right? Like when I first got here, there were only three people on this in this conversation. Um, we've now grown to a staff of five. So I think immediately, like to me, that impact has already been felt. The work that we've already done has been felt and the need to add more people to continue to work with our students um, has been seen. So I'm excited to see um, what Sydney can do from a community engagement perspective. Um, again, being from the PG County area and specifically College Park area, I want to make sure that our student athletes um, are, are going out into the community and, and, you know, participating with the people who potentially are our fans, right? The people who support them when they're playing their sport. Um, how can we support them on the back end? Um, secondarily, I think, you know, Sophia's position I was super excited to get because, um, as she mentioned, like the sophomores are a class that universally, um, I think people just kind of think that they have it together, you know, they've gone through the freshman transition piece, they're going to continue to grow, but nobody's really molding what that growth looks like. And so I'm excited to see how we can mold what that growth looks like for our students um, in their sophomore year, because I think if we hit them in their sophomore year, they're going to be, you know, 10 times better than some of the outputs we're putting out now. Um, even though our students are doing phenomenal things when they exit now, but I think what are the who are those students that we've missed? Um, and and as Sophia mentioned in her journey, like we this is a time where students can go one way or another. And I want to make sure that all of our students um, can find their passion and and their purpose work um, as they move forward. Um, I know Tim would also add. You know, we are looking at how do we build this brand globally and what those partnerships look like. Um, we have a huge international student athlete population, but Maryland in general has a huge student um, has a huge international student population. And so, how do we continue to connect with our campus partners um, in that space? And how do we set our international student athletes up for success, whether they want to stay here? In the U.S. or they want to go back to their home country or another country, right? I think that's huge for us. Um, but the biggest piece, I think, is molding this team, making sure that we're all, you know, the synergy is there. I think if people would have jumped, if people are watching this on the YouTube channel, you'll see that we laugh and kiki and we have a great time. Um, and that's just how we are, right? Like there are moments we're serious, but at the end of the day, I want this team to have fun. I want to make sure that my interns walk away from this year with a bag full of tools that they can go into their next job for, right? That to me is, is my goal here, at least for this academic year. Um, and then just thinking five years down the road, man, I, I don't know where we go. Um, I think we're going to be continue to be industry leaders in the work that we do here at Maryland. Um, and again, just continuing to put out student athletes who our career ready professionals in whatever field they want to be in. So that's kind of what I what I see in our future. 
Gotcha. And there y'all have it, you know, the before, the between, and the beyond of Maryland Made. Um, and uh, glad that y'all had the opportunity, um, listeners out there and viewers out there to kind of meet us, the team, the dream team that, that, that we are. So uh, just kind of some, some things that I'm looking forward to this season uh, on this Maryland Made podcast platform, the opportunity to interview student athletes, uh, alumni, employers, and um, campus partners. Um, I think that will bring in so many different voices, uh, diverse voices, and the opportunity to just hear a lot of people's stories. So, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to that this season on here. And be sure to subscribe to the Maryland Made Podcast. Um, it's on all your podcast streaming services. So look out for us. We'll be releasing weekly episodes. So got to plug the podcast since we're on here. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then as far as where you can find us, our Maryland Made stuff. So LinkedIn, uh, Tim and Reese have done a great job of getting that up. Um, so at MD Made Terps on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, same MD Made Terps, as well as Twitter. So we're on all those platforms. TikTok is loading as well. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we're, we got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, our student athletes out there, um, you know, stay tuned, stay with us. And I can't wait to no, can't wait to, to grow together. Um, any last uh, thoughts, uh, Risa? Sydney or Sophia on how they can, you know, get involved or best support us. Again, I think if if you hear something on this on this show, if you see something on our social media, just jump in, DM us. We answer those. Um, email us, right? Like we're always accessible, except for as Tim would say, when we're on PTO, um, because we are about creating boundaries for our staff and for our students, right? Again, creating um, lifelong lessons that they can take into their future. But um, yeah, engage with us in whatever way you want to. Um, we're just excited to have um, built a bigger team. We want to build a bigger community because um, this is, as Tim would say, community work. All right. I guess if any, no one else has anything else to add, I'll say episode one was a slam dunk and mic drop.